God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text is Matthew chapter 5 and I'll be reading from verse 21 to 26 it says you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in judgment, in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly, while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Heavenly Father, we thank you that even when we walk away from the relationships in our lives, you reconnect us and you restore us. And as you, by forgiving and accepting us, has restored you to you, us to you, so you challenge us to restore and reconnect with others. So we have come this morning, Lord God, to love God and to love people. Spirit of the living God, open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Our minds to understand your word and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word, but doers also. Spirit of the living God, touch every family, every child, every adult, every mother, every father, every husband, every wife, every single person. Touch them this morning with the spirit of the living God. And may your word have divine impact and bring lasting transformation to their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so like I said, the series is called Reconnecting. And last week we looked at reconnecting vertically or reconnecting our relationship with God. And this week we will look at reconnecting horizontally, which focuses on our relationship with others. 
And so I want you to consider the following letter. Uh, and this is a love letter, right? It says, Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking off our engagement. Please say you will take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Letter then ends. Yours forever, Marie. Then it says, P.S. And congratulations on winning the lottery. All right? So you understand from that letter that Marie's interest wasn't really Jimmy. It was the lottery. And sometimes we can be like that. When we want to reconnect, we reconnect with people just for the benefits that we think we can gain are the benefits we think we can lose. God wants us to reconnect for love's sake. In fact, I tell you this right at the top, that the problem we have all over the world is not hate. It's love. If we would love and restore relationship, we wouldn't have so much crime. But instead of restoring, we take revenge. You see, genuine love is a powerful reality. It's also a biblical reality. And it's a family transformation reality. Genuine love. The Bible has a lot to say about love. In fact, the word occurs 650 times in Scripture. Scripture extols the transform transforming power of love. What it can do for a broken marriage, severed relationship, or even a struggling family. Biblical love is you be for me. It's in your notes and it's on our overhead. You be for me. That's biblical love. You be for me. That's what we must consider when it comes on to love from a Bible perspective. Now, I, I want to speak a little bit about uh, relationships. Because you're kind of there's a pyramid that has, uh, I would say, five basic relationships. They call it a pyramid, a pyramid of relationships. And at the top of the pyramid, you have the romantic uh, relationships. That would include marriage and those stuff. Then you have family relationship. That's with aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters and... and, and um, Sons and fathers and mothers and daughters. Then you have friends. And you have acquaintances. And on the outskirt of the pyramid, you have strangers. Acquaintances are sometimes people you work with. Or you probably... So there's this pyramid that we look at. But in this pyramid, where friend is, 
That's where you'd find your church or your Christian relationships. Under friendship. And there are four primary church or Christian relationships that we need to have in our life consistently to live a healthy spiritual life. So I have a, a diagram. It looks like a cross. And at the top of the cross, there's a relationship. At the bottom of the cross, there is a relationship. And on, on, and on the left and on the right. All right? So let me break them down for you. So if you, put, if you draw just a T or a cross somewhere, you can write this down. At the top of the cross is a mentor or a coach. And what that means is that you need, you need a spiritual mentor or a spiritual coach. Healthy relationships in the church starts with us having a spiritual mentor. You need a spiritual mentor. So I want you to ask yourself these questions as we go through. Maybe you have broken off the relationship with your mentor and you need to reestablish it. Then at the at the bottom end, we have uh, a disciple or a student, a spiritual student or a spiritual disciple. This person is a person or a mentee. This is a person that you are pouring into because the coach is pouring into you. You are pouring into the person. All right? On the left-hand side uh, of the cross, you have a spiritual friend, and this is a teammate in the same fellowship. In other words, you need healthy relationship with people in your church, in your local church, in the church that you attend, the church that you're a part of. You need relationships in there outside of just a mentor and somebody you are poured in. You need friends in the church. But we also need friends who are of the same faith, spiritual friend, but they are in other fellowship. So, for example, you could have someone that is a Baptist that is your friend. Um, they go to a different church, but you have a relationship with them. So you can have perspective that is different from yours in a sense, but it, it is the same truth that it, it abides in. And so the point of this is to help us to understand as we speak about restoring relationships and reconnecting relationships, that we need these four relationships in our life. You can, you can work without them, but if you want to live a healthy, spiritual, growing life, you need these four relationships. In fact, the great love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 must be understood in this context as a portion of letter written by the Apostle Paul to help a church in Corinth, Greece, keep, to keep on track with God. So when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, he was writing it with the hope of keeping the church on track with God. In fact, the chapter before chapter 12 and chapter 14 are about God's family using their spiritual gift to build up the church family. And so Paul's main point in 1 Corinthians 13 is that our becoming more loving people is more important than being spiritually busy and active people. Let me say that for you again. 
our becoming more loving people is more important than being spiritual, busy, and active people. Paul smacked right into the gifts, a chapter that focuses on loving people. You see, at the heart of God is love. First John says, God is love. And our goal is to be like God. In other words, if God is love, then we ought to be love. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Going to understand this morning, because I'm going somewhere. You are never more like God than when you are restoring and reconnecting relationship. You are never more like God than when you are restoring and reconnecting relationship. If you really want to be like God, begin to restore and reconnect broken relationship in your life. Because it is showing love and God is love. This is the heart of God. And Jesus said it this way. In Matthew 5 verse 9 he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Personally, spiritually, you're either growing or shrinking. And relationships are an important part of the growth process of a believer. And one of the things the enemy will cause is he will cause you to have bad relationships and it affects your spiritual growth. When you have bad relationships, it affects your spiritual growth. We're going to see that. And say so if it affects our spiritual growth, it means then it becomes very important to restore bad relationships, to, re to reconnect uh, uh, where they are broken, and to make peace where possible. And you may be saying to me this morning, Pastor, why must I be a peacemaker? Why must I connect with people? I don't need nobody. Why, why do I need to restore relationship? Why do I need to be a relationship restorer? Maybe you're saying there, well, if you knew what happened to me, you'd know why I don't talk to church people. If you know what happened to me, you'd know why I don't deal with certain people anymore. All right, we'll see about that. So let me tell you why it's important. Give you some reasons why it's important for you to be a peacemaker. For you to reconnect with people. And for you to restore relationship. Number one, broken relationship with others hinders our relationship with God. If you have broken relationship with people, it affects your relationship with God. They cannot be separated. They are one and the same. Broken relationship with others hinders our relationship with God. If you can hold hatred for others and not be concerned with it, if you can write them off because they don't agree with you, 
I would say you must check into your relationship with God and see if you even have one with Him. If you don't have a problem cutting off people, hating people, you need to check if you really have a relationship with God. I'm telling you. How do I know that? Because we use scripture to interpret. And then we use example to understand. 1 John 4.20 says this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. If you can't love people, you cannot. It didn't say will not. It says you cannot love God. The only way you can really love God is to really love people. That is why you have to restore and reconnect. Because you can't be loving vertically if you're not loving horizontally. That's it. Here's the second thing. Broken relationships with others affect every part of our lives. Every part. First Peter 3 verse 7. When I say every part of your life, it affects your worship, it affects your giving, it affects your serving, it affects your prayers, it affects every other part of it. It affects your work, it affects your school, it affects every other part of your life. Here's a good example. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way that your prayers may not be hindered. In other words, if you're having unhealthy relationship with your spouse, your prayers get hindered. If you're married right now, you need to make sure your relationship is right. Because then it becomes pointless to pray. Let me give you a next one. Broken relationships. Rob us of personal joy. In fact, it robs you of joy right now. There are many people who don't have any joy because they have so many broken relationships in their lives. There are persons who come to church and can't enjoy it because they don't have healthy relationship. You go to work, you can't enjoy work because you don't get along with the people. You go to the supermarket, you feel uncomfortable because you have a problem with the cashier. Wherever you go, there's a joy that is missing in your life because there's a broken relationship there. When there's broken relationship, it robs you of a joy. No. In other words, there are some things that you could be enjoying and you could be living in. But you have to stay away from them because you fail or you don't want to interact with the people that you're having issues with. There are many people who live miserable lives. You know why? Because they, they avoid the place that gives them joy. Because... Because someone else is here that they have an issue with. It means that then, contentment. You want to be content? Money don't bring contentment. 
Contentment is life in, in life is based on relationship with God and others. Listen, if you want to be content, live at peace with people. Be a peacemaker. If you are having healthy relationship with God and healthy relationship with people, you will find contentment. When there's a broken relationship in our lives, it affects all other relationships. And that's one of the other dangers. When you have a broken relationship, listen, you may, be get, you may not get along with this person and all of a sudden it spills over into the other relationships in your life. Have you ever experienced that? That, that you are, you're upset with one person and you know what happens? You know what happens? You're upset with your husband? Are you upset with your wife? And you know who feel it? Sometimes the most vulnerable around us. Often when we are upset with one relationship, we take it out on the most vulnerable around us, our spouse and our children. You have a bad situation at work, and here's what happened. When you get home, I mean, because that relationship outside of your house is so bad, it affects the relationship inside your house. You know how many persons could be using their gifts in God's kingdom? Right now? And the only reason why they're not using it is because of broken relationships. And they think they're hurting others, but really, it's robbing them of that joy and that contentment. So don't take out your anger on others because a broken relationship is in the next place. In fact, this is what you call bitterness. One of the biggest causes of bitterness is broken relationships. When people have broken relationships and it stays, it has a way of building up into bitterness. And so David was bitter. So because David was bitter, we need to understand that as people of God, if we're not careful, bitterness can creep into our hearts as well. And we have to agree to that. If King David could be bitter, a man after God's own heart, we must be very careful that we don't allow bitterness to creep into our hearts. David got bitter. And here's what he wrote. He wrote a song about it. Here's what he said. When my soul was embittered, David said, when my soul was bitter, when I was pricked in heart, watch this, I was brutish and ignorant. The man said, I was cross. When I had bitterness in me, I was cross and I was angry. Then he said to his family and to his friends, the people closest to him, I was like a beast towards you. He said, I treated you like an animal. Why? Because I was so bitter on the inside. You see, the, 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 the Bible also teaches us though that a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
restore, make peace with people. So let's talk about how to deal with broken relationship. And let's focus on what it means to be a peacemaker. What it means to be a relationship restorer. What it means to reconnect to others. And so Jesus gives us an example of how to be peacemakers. Our text says this. And this is the ESV, English Standard Version. So if you're offering your gift at the altar, and they remember, I want you to underline this in your Bibles, right? It says, they remember that your brother has something against you. You don't have something against him. He has something against you. It says, leave your gift there before the altar and go. It says, first, be reconciled, be restored to your brother. And then come back and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly. You need to underline that. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. Let your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you'll be put in prison. Broke. In other words, let's just paraphrase without taking the text out of context. One of the things that broken relationships will do, it will put you in prison. Keep you in bondage. He says, truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Broken relationship will put you in spiritual bondage. In this short section of scripture, Jesus gives us pure gold. So here's a pathway to peace with others. Now this is focused on brothers. The, the text is focused on brothers, our fellow, um, fellow followers of Christ. But this is applicable to all relationships. The pathway, I'm going to give you the pathway to peace with and reconnecting with others. It's a pathway to peace with them and reconnecting with them. How do I, maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you need to reconnect or restore a relationship. And you may be wondering, what must I do? What if I'm right and they are wrong? The scripture said, if you know they have a fault with you, you go to them. So what does it mean? First, take initiative to resolve broken relationship. Take initiative. Too often we want to wait on the other person to make the first move. Make the first move. How do I know this? It is scriptural. God has always made the first move in restoring man to him. So the principle that we operate under is the principle of first things. How did God do it? God did not wait until man called out to him. He came and he carried man. In the same way, listen, when you, and there's an issue between you and someone, even when you are right, take initiative, take the first step. Make the first move. I don't know if you have ever heard someone say, if they have a problem with me, then they must come to me about it. Let me say this to you. With that attitude, it's very difficult to resolve things because it is still all about you. If you find yourself saying, if they have a problem with me, let them come to me. 
you still have a pride problem. The correct attitude is, listen, I'm humble enough to go to them. So we must humble ourselves just as Jesus thought in Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek. Sometimes you need to apologize even when you're right. And stop waiting. Stop waiting for people to make the first move. I find it amazing, and I've been guilty of this, that as believers, we're waiting on sinners to do the, first, the right thing first. Think about it. We are waiting on sinners to be prompted by the Holy Spirit first to say, I am sorry. As far as I'm concerned, it makes no sense. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. We make the first move. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be restored, be reconciled to your brother. Listen, if you have someone beside you, just say to them, be reconciled to your brother. Be reconciled to your sister. Be reconciled to your husband. Be reconciled to your father. Be Don't wait on your father. Don't wait on your mother. Go and you make things right. Well, Pastor, you don't know how them people they steal. The last time I tried, you know what they said to me? You know what they do to me? All right, well, we're we going to see what scriptures say about that. What does it say? Who does it say has a problem in the scripture? The guy bringing his offering or someone else. The person doing a good thing remembers that someone has an issue with him. What does he do? He takes the initiative to clear the account, to fix the broken relationship. A broken relationship is priority over worship or religious action. Let me tell you something. I can preach unto God with broken relationships in my life. It's just flesh working. We can listen, we can't worship God in song and don't talk to people. We cannot love on a God who we have not seen while we hate it and our brother, our sisters, who we are seeking. Restoration of a broken relationship is a priority over worship or religious action. In fact, restoring broken relationship, reconnecting them, is actually the deepest form of worship. When a relationship you will never worship God sweeter and better than when you're right with him and right with people. Let, let me tell you that. Try it. It works. Get a, listen, get along with the people of God. Get along with your family. When your family is operating healthy, you feel better about God. When you're in a church, people are good friends, you feel better about God. But once all this stuff begins to creep in, you feel uncomfortable. 
You feel uncomfortable with a song because you think it may be pointing at you. You feel uncomfortable with a certain glance because you think they may be looking at you. You feel uncomfortable with a certain word because you think it is speaking to you. All of a sudden, broken relationships cause all these false assumptions and misunderstanding. Take initiative. Secondly, understand the importance of unity and worship. And if you look at the cross, you see the connection between the horizontal and the vertical relationship. The sweet spot in life is where the beam cross, right in the center of the cross. The center of the cross is where the beams meet. In other words, we cannot worship God with relationships we refuse to restore. I'm not talking about those that the person that I have said forgive. No, no. I'm talking about there are some relationships that we refuse to restore. We have already declared I have nothing to do with them. And we're speaking about saints of God and family members who are blood family relatives. But let me remind you, the scripture said, leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother. And then come and offer your gift. We cannot worship the king publicly if we are not loving people privately. I'll say that for you again. We cannot worship the king publicly if we are not loving people privately. If you go back to the Old Testament, when the high priest would enter once a year into the presence of God, he had to first make sure his own sins, his, all his relationships, all those things were clear. To not do so would lead to death for him. The high priest had to make sure things were right with him and the rest of the priests. He had to make sure things were right with him and his family. If he ever went into the presence of God with a broken relationship, he would be dead. Thank God for grace. In other words, before the priest went in and served once a year, he had to go and meet with his wife, sit and meet with his family, have a family meeting to make sure that all accounts were settled. If he had people who were employed, he had to call in all his herdsmen and his servants and maid servants and say, come in and say, is everything okay? And, and they'd have to make sure everything is okay before he went in because if he went in and there was an inkling of wrong, he'd be dead. When we approach God in worship, why would we then think we could engage a holy God, a God of reconciliation, without first reconciling, without first reconnecting, without first restoring our relationship? If the priest didn't consider it, and we are also priests unto God in the New Testament sense, So if you have a choice to go to church or to fix a broken relationship, fix the relationship, then go to church. Imagine the joint worship if we all loved each other the way God wanted us to and we were connected. Listen, the amount of resources that are in the church 
not just this church, but that if, if the church was connected by love, the things that the church would do, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. We are our greatest enemy. Take initiative. Know that the importance of unity. Third, know that time causes matters to grow, not cease. Time causes matters to grow, not cease. I, I want you to know this because sometimes we believe that time heals. Time doesn't heal broken relationships. It makes them worse. When you have a broken relationship, if you don't restore it, you're not healed. Because if, if it resurfaces, you realize that you have an old wound. It's hidden. Because what happens sometimes when you have a cut, it, 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 um, scabs may grow on it, and, and even the flesh may come up and it's covered. It doesn't mean that it is not still infected. The area can still be infected Though on the outside, it looks okay. Time doesn't heal broken relationship. It makes them worse. In fact, a small thing over time causes you to completely avoid people you once had a deep relationship with. Started off with a small thing. But because you never resolve it, it turns into malice. And malice turns into hate. Hate turns into bitterness. And all of a sudden... If you go to the supermarket and you see them, you don't want to go into that aisle or you don't want to use that supermarket. You don't want to use that hairdresser. You don't want to use that barber. Why? Because a small thing unresolved grows and becomes so big. You know what? The other sad thing is that matters of broken relationship are to be dealt with sooner or after time. They become so big. We can't even remember what the original issue was. That's the thing. Listen, if you don't deal with it, what happens? If you don't deal with it quickly, sometimes it gets bigger, and sometimes you don't even know why any person don't get along. Because you have moved from the issue, and you have created hate and bitterness. You just don't deal with them. You can't even remember if you were to sit down and say, all right, let, listen, obviously there's a problem, let's talk about it. You know where you laugh at yourself. You can't even remember why you have an issue with the person. Listen, reconnecting with people is important to your walk and life of faith. Many of you have stunted your growth because you have disconnected from people. God has said, yes, we are in shape and we have connected with him. No, we need to reconnect with people because he wants us to get our spiritual houses and lives in order. It's like God is just preparing us with all of these series just to get us in shape, to get us ready for what he's about to do. And so I want to help you. I want to give you some practical ways to make amends because I know we have some family relationships, some church relationships, some, some marital relationships, some work relationships that the light of God needs to shine in our hearts and they need to be restored so people can see God's love in us. Amen? So I want to walk us through a process called making amends and reconnecting with others.
see Matthew 5, verse 9, and this is um, Bartlett paraphrased. I love it because very simple but profound. It says, happiness comes when you can show people how to get along instead of constant conflict. In fact, you find out who you really are and discover your proper place in God's family. When people get along, they know who they are and, and they discover their proper place in God's family. I'll tell you this, the people who serve in ministry, people who serve in ministry normally have good relationships. Whenever you find a person who have poor relationships, check it, they're probably not serving in a church. Because it's hard to be connected to, to service with people and not be in good relationships with people. So one of the first things people do when they start having bad relationships is disconnect from ministry. You can tell when people have issues by them stop serving. You want an example? Look at your musicians. Just get four persons who don't know each other and let them play and see what the music sounds like. They can't play instrument. Four new persons, they can't play instrument. It's just because they don't have an understanding of each other relationally. The ministry of music sounds different. Have you ever heard two persons doing something so long that they kind of say, you know, I know that that's what you were going to do next. And, and they fill the gap for each other as one makes an error. Relationship. So people normally pull away from ministry when the relationships in ministry are getting unhealthy. So I know that God wants to reconnect you because God wants you, like this, the, the the paraphrase says, to discover your proper place in his family. So how, here's what they go. Evaluate, number one, evaluate all your relationships. Sit down and think about it. The people who we have relationship with, what is the state of it? I heard a story, a husband and a wife, they went, I mean, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, and the actual pastor was preaching, spoke about this. He said that he and his wife went, um, out to meet with their mentors who were pastors and they asked how is your marriage that's what the mentor asked the pastor and his wife and they said great I mean going really really great and they said I mean people can be very vague so he said what do you mean by great I mean great great so he said yeah man marriage going great the wife said going great so pastor said alright on a scale from 1 to 10 10 being the highest 1 being the lowest um, how would you rate your marriage when you say it's great so the husband said hey let me go first so he says, nine. And he's excited. He, he says that he's getting very excited because now that he has said nine, he's expecting his wife, who said great, to say something like 10, 11, or probably even 12. And so he said, she says, uh, I would say it's at a three. And he was like shocked. But three for her is great. And nine for him is great. Evaluate your relationship because maybe you have it at a nine when your wife probably believes it's at a one and there needs to be some reconnecting 
and some restoring. Maybe you think your best friend have you at a nine when they have you at a two because they have something that they think you're off with and they don't want to talk to you about it. Evaluate. After offer forgiveness. Let, let me say it again. <laughs> you offer forgiveness. I want you to hear this. You offer forgiveness. In other words, I don't want you to wait on them to come to you. I want you to forgive them. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you and make amends for what you have done to others. Except when to do so would harm them or others. Because happy are the merciful and happy are the peacemakers. Next, make a moral list. Meaning, people and places we avoid due to shame or regret. Maybe there are some places you choose not to go. Maybe because of shame. Maybe because of regret. Make a list. Because this is leading somewhere. Then, make amends. Go to them and write what is wrong. Also, you need to make amends at the right time with prayer. Do not go and talk to people about the problem before you talk to God about it. Pray and seek God's wisdom. Like as soon as you hear a message like this, and no, you already know, you know, Pastor, let me go on. No, 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 you need to pray. I, I mean, I don't want you to spend the rest of the year praying and don't talk to the person. But you at least need to get some wisdom from God. But I don't want you to use prayer as an excuse. And when I see you next week and ask, yes, you're still praying about it, no. I don't, I don't want that for you. But there must be a right time because, the, you know, the Bible says that Ecclesiastes 8 verse 6. There is a right time and a right way to do everything. The Bible says it. We don't just drop a bomb on somebody suddenly and, and go to them unannounced. We don't just do it when they are rushing out the door and laying their head down on the pillow and say, by the way, I've got some stuff to deal with. No, 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 you don't do that. We need to do it according to their time and not when it's best for us. Too often when we want to resolve something is when it is best for us, regardless of what is happening with the person. So we need to pray and set a time when it's God's time, when it's best for them, and we need to make it a purposeful time. Next, make amends with the right attitude. You have to be walking in humility and in, sincer in sincerity. You have to have the right attitude. Listen, don't bother go. Listen, don't use my name to make amends. Do not use my name. Don't go there and say, "Well, a true pastor preaches man with me. I come to you, you know, because me never did plan to come talk." Do not use my name. Use the name of the Lord. Jesus spoke to you, not pastor. And if you tell him that is the Lord, then you need to sound like the Lord. Amen. Philippians 2 verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress. Be humble. 
thinking of others as better than yourself. Is it too often our attitude will be dominated with shame and fear as we consider facing someone we have hurt. We need to go with the confidence that God is with us. Making amends. Make amends the right way by looking out for others. Look out. Look out for others. And, fo uh, and fool's lips bring him strife. And his mouth invites a beating. You hear that? Proverbs 18 verse 6. A fool's lip bring him strife. And his mouth invites a beating. As, as I've already stated, one should go to someone that you have heard with humility and sincerity. We should look at the other person's life situation and use wisdom in making amends. That's why we need to pray. We need to pray and consider what is the best way to make amends. Sometimes we could just open a whole can of stinking sardines if we make amends upon old boyfriend or girlfriend. Having had a previous romantic relationship can be a challenge for us to make amends. The other person could have moved up forward in their life and have new relationships. And new relationships and contact with them could cause damage. Sometimes an empty chair or writing an unsent letter is a course of action. Especially if the issue causes significant hurt. In other cases, we, where appropriate, we should make an appointment and go privately to simply say that what we did was wrong and to not make any justification for it and give no excuses. If we meet with someone, we should not talk about their part, but just assume responsibility for our part. Yes, they may have had a part in the problem, but our goal is to just try to clear up our side of the leisure. Do not seek to justify your actions either. Our focus, our focus is only on our part and we don't expect anything back from the person to whom we're trying to make amends. So if someone has wronged you in some way, the last thing that you should do is broadcast that thing everywhere. The Bible says, if you argue your case with a neighbor, do not betray another man's confidence. Or he who hears it may shame you and you'll never and you will never lose your bad reputation. In other words, when you and somebody have something, don't go and tell everybody else. Work it out with them. You see, it has been said that gossip is the most deadly microbe. It has neither legs nor wings. It is composed entirely of tails. And most of them have stings. So the next time you're tempted to talk about someone, think before you speak. What is that thing? The T is, is it true? The H is, is it helpful? The I is, is it inspiring? The N is, is it necessary? And the K is, is it kind? Think 
before you speak, think before you do. Pray. And if what you're about to say does not pass the think test, then keep your mouth shut until the Lord gives you utterance to speak. Listen, in your homes, I want you to bow your heads with me and ask God right now, so Lord, what relationship do I need to restore? Where do I need to reconnect? Maybe you need to pray and seek God in finding a mentor. Maybe you need to be discipling someone. Maybe you need to have friends in your church at the same level with you that will grow with you. You do devotions together, pray together. Friends of the same sex. Maybe you need to have friends in another fellowship so you can you know, hear other stuff that are spiritual that will challenge you to grow. Maybe you have a broken relationship with a parent. Maybe it's a, a, a spouse. Maybe it's with a child. Maybe a brother. Maybe a sister. Maybe an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's someone in church that you used to get along, but you don't. And you know something is wrong. Leave your gift at the altar and go and make it right. Maybe the ministry that God has blessed you with, you haven't been functioning effectively in it because the relationships in your life, they are unhealthy. Ask God right now, say, Lord, show me where I need to reconnect. Show me what I need to restore. God, show me where I need to make peace. And say to him, Lord, I will take initiative. I will make the first move. I'll make the first step. I will make the call. Lord, I'm going to pray. And then as you speak, I will make the call. I will set up the meeting. And God, I'll seek to work this out. I'm not waiting on them to come to me. For you did not wait on me to come to you, God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I pray in the name of Jesus. That beginning today, we will have healthy, strong, spiritual relationships. Relationships that will help us grow in the Lord and even be better witnesses, oh God. Forgive us, Lord God, for causing hurt that broke down some relationships. We ask you by your Spirit to make a way, set things up so that we can restore broken relationship where possible and reconnect where possible. So we can be one in the spirit and one in the Lord. It's not a, just about reconnecting vertically. God, we want to reconnect vertically. For the first commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. But the second is like unto it. And that is to love our neighbors as ourselves. We can't say we love you who we can't see 
while we hate our brothers who we can't see. So give us a pure, genuine love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. This we thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Listen, let, let me thank you. You're watching online and maybe you need prayer. Let us know. Thank you for inviting us into your homes. I hope you are blessed. Do not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of the day.